Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. In today's episode, I catch up with Madeline Sklar. At the time of this interview, she was a guest for my social media management class at the University of Florida. She has been in the digital marketing space since 1996, and she is best known for her Twitter secrets, although she is brilliant when it comes to every aspect of social media. If you're not following Madeline on Twitter, I highly recommend it. Enjoy this episode where we talk about the social PR secrets behind Twitter and more. Namaste. Hi, everybody. So welcome to week six. And I'm so excited to have Madeline Sklar here with us. Hey, Madeline. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. And so this week we're talking about both Twitter and LinkedIn, but this focus tonight is going to be on Twitter because Twitter is one of my favorite social media networks. I've been on it since Twitter started. Um, and so Madeline runs Twitter Smarter. Madeline, I'm just going to let you take, like, you know, give us a little intro. Tell us how you got started on Twitter and what, you, what you're doing today, which is a lot more than Twitter. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I do a lot of things. Well, thanks for inviting me. Great to see everybody here. I do a lot. I've been doing digital marketing. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. 22 years I've been doing marketing online for a very long time. I got into social media marketing 13 years ago. Been doing it as a business ever since. And uh, I fell in love with Twitter and really just went all in on it because it's such a great platform. I mean, how cool to have these short snippets of, of communication with people where you have to be concise and to the point, no fluff. I love that. And even though we're not at 140 characters anymore, even at 280 characters, you really got to get your point across. So I just love Twitter. And I think it shows when I talk about it because I get very passionate about it. You definitely do. And you've taken Twitter just off the charts, not just online. So I just showing this picture of us at Social Media Marketing World where, I mean, you combine Twitter, you combine live video, you're doing your podcast. So you're taking what, you know, you kind of started with the Twitter chat and now just taking it in all types of cross promotions, which I think is amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was interesting. Um, you know, we were at Social Media Marketing World together and we live streamed the Twitter chat, which was so cool. And I'm always trying to find new and innovative ways to utilize these platforms and go beyond just what we can do in there. So why not live stream, you know, when you bring a, a group of people together at a conference, why not sit down and just live stream what we're doing on Twitter? So uh, one of the things that I've been doing for the last couple of years, is we didn't do it when you were on the chat with me because we were at an event in person. But normally when I do the Twitter chat afterwards, I go and bring the guests over here to Facebook live like this. And I like continue the conversation, but as a live stream. So just always trying to do things that are just fun and cool. Yeah. And we actually did do that before social media marketing world when I was a guest on Twitter chat. So, on Twitter. Oh, my, uh, yeah. And, and that was like at the time, like super, super, I mean, it's still innovative, but that was when Facebook Live first started. And, you know, it's just that whole thing about when new features come out, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, that it's important to start learning them so that you can perfect them and not playing catch up, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, look for ways to go, just go beyond what everybody else is doing, because if you're doing what everybody else is doing is boring and you don't stand out. And so the reason why I've done so well with standing out over the years is that I'm always doing things that are different. I'm always trying to be top of mind because if you're top of mind, people think of you and they remember you. And that's so important on social media because as you all probably know by now, social media is like a big sea of people and it's easy to get lost in that sea and to not get noticed. Definitely. So um, in this class, Intro to Social Media, we have um, amazing students. So I'm just, I just want to say hi to some of them. Hey, Sherry, Lillian, hi, Carrie, um, Celine, uh, Amber, Jenna, Julia. Thank you all for, for coming to this live lecture. And this is just an awesome opportunity to meet with Madeline and, and ask her questions. So feel free to put your comments. Um, your questions in the comments and we'll try to get to all of them. But I know some of you have already sent me questions ahead of time. So I sent them to Madeline so she knows what those are too. So hopefully we'll get to all of them. And I'm coming from Celebration, Florida. So Madeline, where are you coming from? I'm in Houston, Texas. In Houston. And our students are all over the United States. Um, some of them are also, you know, globally, Hawaii, Alaska, um, all over. So we're, we're bringing a great group together here. Um, so let's just kind of get right into it. I just, I, I love this. Um, Twitter actually tweeted this last week. I don't know if you saw it, but I love this picture of, you know, Jack Dorsey's very first sketch of what he imagined Twitter to be, which wasn't that long ago. I mean, Twitter is not that old and came from just a sketch to where we are today. Um, so what has your, been your experience from, you know, the beginning to today? Like, what do you see are kind of some of the biggest differences and what are, what, what's really something that we should be focusing on today? Well, when it comes to Twitter and really with all social media, it's about connections. It's about connecting with people and building relationships from that. You know, prior to social media, when you had an online business, the way you grew it was by email marketing, like really email marketing was what we had. We didn't have a way to communicate with people uh, other than that, unless they just came to your website. But, but, you know, we mostly just had email. Now we can connect with people in real time on social media. And what I love about Twitter is that I can hop on there and just start chatting with people and have this back and forth conversation. I've chatted with rock stars. I've chatted with all kinds of people of influence. I always say that if the person you're trying to reach, and I mean, you can shoot for the stars here. If they use Twitter, you have a chance to get in front of them and get seen and heard by them. That's pretty amazing. And you don't really have that with other platforms, at least not at the level that you can on Twitter. So I, I just think it's just the best platform for communication. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, just coming from a public relations background and seeing public relations develop over the years from traditional, you know, going through the journalist, the gatekeeper to all of a sudden, you know, Twitter coming onto the scene and all of a sudden we have direct access to pretty much any reporter, any journalist, any celebrity, any influencer that we want to have contact with. I mean, I, I've had Mark Cuban, um, you know, 
retweet and, and, and message me through, through Twitter. And when would that ever happen? You know, and I see also, you know, celebrities like Ariana Grande, you know, being, you know, very interactive directly with, with their audience. So it's, it, it goes both ways. I mean, it's a way for celebrities and influencers and brands to go directly with their audience, reach them directly and also vice versa. Yeah. That's what makes it so great. I mean, you know, wasn't really that long ago where celebrities were these people you could not talk to, you could not reach. They were untouchable. Think back to like, you know, rock stars that we grew up listening to. Could you ever talk to them? Could you ever communicate with them? No, not like this. So it's interesting to see people of influence embracing social media today and you can actually hop on and start conversing with them. It's unreal. Yeah. And I mean, even big brands, were not accessible, you know, right. customer service was 1-800, pick up the phone, wait on hold, nobody answers, you leave a message. I mean, it's just like this endless loop, a vicious cycle. And now brands really have to be on their game because Twitter is immediate, real time. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this is like the best time to launch your own business online and, and have your own personal brand because this levels the playing field. I mean, you can be on social media, you can be on Twitter, and you can have the same presence as a large company. And, and no one would even realize it's just you. You know, that's what websites did years back, it gave us the opportunity for the small company to compete with the big companies, because on a website, you know, it, it levels that playing field. And so here we are today with social media, same thing. And so, you know, it's, it's quite exciting. I mean, I love talking about it. I'm sure it shows. Yeah, definitely. So in 2018, what are some of your Twitter favorites to Twitter from a business standpoint? You know, what are maybe some things that you love that businesses can do? Well, gosh, there's so many things. I mean, first and foremost, just being consistent on Twitter, just showing up consistently, not when you can make time for it, you know, maybe today, maybe later in the week, but try to make that effort to show up every single day. Even if you're able to do just 10 minutes a day, you'll be amazed at results you get just by showing up and start connecting with people. You can build such great relationships on there. Another thing with Twitter is, uh, a great way to organize it is using Twitter lists. And what you're able to do with this is you can have your own custom feeds. You know, people will complain to me and say, well, Madeline, I get on Twitter and there's just, there's so much noise. There's just so much going on. And I just, it just doesn't work for me. Well, they weren't using Twitter lists because when you go create a list, you're basically, basically curating your own feed of who you want to listen to. And this really opens up Twitter to be something much more exciting to use. So for instance, I could say, well, let me build a Twitter list of just people like we'll use, you know, our conference we went to together, social media marketing world. One of the things I'll do when the conference is, is coming up, maybe a few, a few months beforehand, I'll start building a list of people I'm talking to that's going to be at the conference. And this will be a great way for me to, you know, just build these relationships and just be able to at any time come onto Twitter and see what is that group of people? What are they talking about? What are they tweeting? And, you know, allow 
allows me to easily jump into the conversation. You can do this in your industry, have a list of, you know, top industry people. You can have a list of competitors for, for your business. There's so much you can do because one of the beauties is you can make, make this list private. It does not have to be public. So you can create these private lists, but this is just a great way to make Twitter easier to, to view. Yeah, that's a great point. And I love making Twitter lists for journalists and reporters that maybe cover your industry. And that could be a secret list. But, you know, just following what the, what types of stories that they're writing about and giving them props when and, and reshares of things that, you know, you're helping them out or even seeing what they're trying to write about and, you know, maybe sending them a, a direct message on helping them with stats. And it's really a great way to establish a relationship. I believe it's the new media relations is, is Twitter. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's a great example of utilizing Twitter less. Uh, when you have a public Twitter list, when you add people to it, they will get a notification, yeah. which is awesome. It's a great way to make yourself stand out. One of the things that I'll do when I'm curating a really great list and it's public is I'll give it a cool name. So that way, when I add someone to it, let's say for like, like, here's an example for social media, since that's my industry, I initially had a private list for my eyes only. And I just put all these different industry people in there. They're not getting a notification because again, it's for my eyes only. But once I make it public, once I add people to it, they'll get the notification. So I don't want to just call it something boring like social media because they're, they're going to get notified when I add them and they'll be like, Madeline Sklar added you to her social media list. Well, big deal. So I call this list social media smarties. And yeah. it really says what it is. And who wouldn't get excited to get a notification saying Madeline Sklar added you to her social media smarties list. So you can get great interaction with people when you add them to your list and you have a cool name attached to it. That's a great tip. Simple things like that. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. Yeah. And so you were talking about a little bit about listening. And so I'm just, that brings me to Twitter tools. So how do you listen? What, what, are, what are some of your favorite tools when it comes to monitoring and listening about conversations that might be about your brand or competitors? And how do you keep up with all that? Maybe not just in Twitter, but platforms that can, can listen on, on a variety of different platforms for social media networks. Yeah, the one that I use is Hootsuite. I'm a big fan of Hootsuite. I've been using them since they first came out a really long time ago. It's great for listening on Twitter because what you can do is you can put your different Twitter lists in there and very quickly and easily view them all at once because the platform is, is basically columns across your screen. So I can see maybe three, four or five columns and I can easily take a quick visual and see who's talking about what, what, uh, what tweets, what can, you know, conversations that are going on that I can jump into. And it goes beyond Twitter. Hootsuite also works with all the other, they work with all of them, all the platforms you can use it. But if you're not a fan of Hootsuite, TweetDeck is pretty much identical. Is Twitter only? It's owned by Twitter, actually. So TweetDeck is very popular. Is really good. Uh, I just prefer Hootsuite. So they both pretty much do the same thing. Does TweetDeck um, or Hootsuite do they actually provide reporting when it comes to listening? I don't think TweetDeck does, but does Hootsuite provide any type of report or analytics on listening? 
Hootsuite does, but if you're like, there's like a free account, there's a paid different levels of paid accounts. The more you pay, like the better type of account you have, the better the analytics are. So it really just depends on the type of account you have. Okay, great. So Hootsuite is one of the platforms that we're learning in this class. And um, they have, our, the students have a choice to get the Hootsuite social media marketing certification as part of the midterm project or nice. Hub, HubSpot social media certification. So they'll come out of this class with with the certification. That's awesome. They're both great. So those are, yeah, those are great I know. certifications. It's like a hard choice, right? Yeah, totally. So just moving on, and then we'll take some questions from from the class that they're they've submitted. So personal branding is something that we're focusing on um, establishing your personal brand. So what are some tips you can give related to Twitter and personal branding? Well, you know, when it comes to your brand, you want to get people to know, like, and trust you at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. No one's going to pay attention to you or buy from you if they don't get to know, like, and trust you. So one of the best ways to do this is with video. I use video on Twitter all the time, and I am so surprised that more people are not embracing it. You know, you can do Twitter video the same way you do Instagram. Like when you, you know, we all do Instagram stories or we're doing Snapchat stories. You can do the same thing with video over on Twitter. Now, the limitations are a little different. You can do up to two minutes and 20 seconds. We can actually do longer videos than we can do on a story. Um, but, you know, I'm a big fan of the short format. I think doing short videos is really a, a great way to utilize it. So one of the things I do very regularly are video replies. And actually, I did it to one of your students uh, earlier because she had, she had tweeted me that she was excited about coming to class. And so I replied to her with a video. So this is something I've become a huge advocate for. I really started promoting this a little over a year ago, I even put a hashtag behind it and called it video reply day. I wanted to make like one day a week, like, hey, everybody, just at minimum one day a week. And I picked Tuesdays. I don't know why. Uh, one day a week, just reply to some of your tweets with a video because it will help you stand out. People will know, like, and trust you for sure when they see just a video, a personalized video of you talking directly to them. So I think it's something that I would recommend everybody to try. You can even just send me a tweet with a video and just let me know that you watch uh, this today, you saw me on here, just do at Madeline Sklar and put Lisa in there as well at Lisa Byer and post a tweet with a video and just, it can be really short. It can really just be five seconds. I know not everybody likes to be on video. That's one of my other programs. Lisa, you know, we were talking about like, I do more than just Twitter. I have a program. I started helping women overcome their fears and issues with confidence on, on doing video because so many women have issues with that. And so I just think video, if you're not utilizing it is something you really should start thinking about doing now. I love that. So, okay, so you heard it here. So this is actually going to be an assignment from the live lecture. So let's send Madeline a video reply and practice that with the hashtag. What's the hashtag again? Hashtag? Uh, video reply day. Video, video reply day. So that, that's going to be part of the assignment for this week. So that's a great, great I tip. I love it. Yeah. And I was just at Inbound a couple of weeks ago and got this. I didn't hear this tip. This is a great tip. 
but a lot of, I mean, as you know, video is the direction and it's, it's the most consumed type of content that the users really want. But like you said, there's not that much competition of people actually using video effectively. Not on Twitter, that's for sure. Yeah. I tell you what's interesting because I I get in this habit and, and I know it's time consuming. So I'm not saying you got to do this all the time, but sometimes just taking a moment to make that quick little video, it makes such a huge impression. Lisa, I've had so many people approach me and say, Madeline, I, that first time we met on Twitter, you sent me a video and you made me feel special. And I always remembered that. And it's like, wow, like just by taking a moment to do a video to them. So it can be really powerful. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we are talking about LinkedIn this week as well. So just while we're on the subject of, of video, so just recently this year, LinkedIn introduced that you can do go, go live on your LinkedIn profile. So that's another area that is very untapped as of right now and a new feature that new features always get, get priority. So check that out as well. So speaking of Twitter, we, I, we, you kind of touched on your Twitter chat. When did you, so you started Twitter smarter when that, that is your official Twitter chat. That's, that's my Twitter chat. I started it three years ago. It is a weekly chat every Thursday at one o'clock Eastern. And how did you start it? How did you come up with the concept and what is, what is it all about? What type of guests do you have on? Okay, so here's what's interesting because a lot of people think the Twitter, you know, it's a Twitter smarter is a hashtag. And I've been using this hashtag for a really long time. So people thought it all started with the Twitter chat. And what's funny is oh. that the chat was the very last thing I did with the hashtag. I, I basically branded a hashtag and it's like, who knew you could do that, right? But what I did uh, about five years ago, I was searching hashtags, I was looking for one. You definitely want one that no one's using if you're going to, because you can't own a hashtag, you can't buy one. So uh, you can stake claim to one, but just know that anyone at any time can jump on and, and use it. Um, so I want to have a hashtag where I can say, hey, everybody, if you go to Twitter and you put in this hashtag, so it was Twitter smarter, I'm going to post articles and information about Twitter marketing. So that way, if you're trying to learn how to better use Twitter, every time I come across an article, every time I come across information, I'm gonna post it on, on my Twitter, in my Twitter feed with the hashtag pound Twitter smarter. So I started that five years ago. I've been doing it every day since. And so you'll always find a lot of information there. Uh, so I started that first. And then maybe a few months later, I decided to, start an online training course. So I called it my Twitter Smarter Masterclass. So it's an online training course teaching beginners how to best use Twitter. And I teach it about once a year live, but it's also available uh, to go at your own pace. So that's available through my website. So I, so, you know, so first it was, here's the hashtag, just look it up on Twitter and you'll find information. Then the second thing was, here is an online masterclass. So then the third thing was my podcast. That's what you see here, my Twitter Smarter Podcast. So I decided to launch a podcast. That was three years ago. Uh, no one was doing a podcast about Twitter. There are plenty of podcasts about social media marketing, and they'll sometimes talk about Twitter, but not one dedicated to Twitter. And I was already all in on helping people learn how to use Twitter. So it made sense for me to start a podcast 
podcast on that. So that's what came next, the podcast. The podcast was so popular that two months later, I started the Twitter chat. So it's been this whole progression of the hashtag, and everyone seems to know me as Twitter smarter. So I really did a great job branding it. You did. I mean, start, from start to finish, that's a great branding story. So part of the assignment this week is going to be pick any Twitter chat to cover. And yours is on the list. So it's Thursdays awesome. at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So that's going to be part of the assignment. And we have um, a few minutes now. I want to just go through some of the questions that um, we had earlier. And I'm going to bring them up on the screen. Uh, so um, this one is asking about the increase in the character limit from 140 to 280. So forever, it was 140, and then um, they changed it to 280. How do you feel about that? And do you think that we're going to see more changes? Well, okay, when they were first talking about making this change, I was really against it, because my stance on this was, wait a minute, 140 characters is what makes Twitter, Twitter right? It's like, I could not imagine doubling the number of characters because people are going to go crazy with it. And then we're going to spend all this time trying to read all of this content. And how is this going to affect Twitter chats? How are we going to, it's hard enough to keep up my Twitter chat moves at lightning speed. There's so many people that attend each week. How are we going to keep up? So I was very wary about this. So it, they, they went ahead and did it. And very quickly, I noticed that people really got it out of their system of doing the two, like they did the two eighties a few times, right? Oh, this is cool. I can do long tweets. And then it kind of stopped. Like you really don't see long tweets all the time. People really do stick at the one forty. So I've been really pleased with that. I think it's fine. It's great that you have extra characters when you need them, but most times we don't utilize it. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. And I was the same way. Change is hard when you're yeah. used but I think that there, you know, if anything, it's nothing's really changed that much from the one, uh, 140 to 280. So here's another, this is an interesting question. So what cascades effect will wearables and VR have on Twitter? Will we ever get to see our favorite celebrities um, uh, showing us on, using VR? So combining VR and Twitter, have you heard much about this? Not really. So I, I know that they're working on things with AI and some VR, but they, they haven't really put anything out yet. So not too much going on just yet. But I'm sure that's going to change at some point. Yeah, VR is and air is really exploding right now. Yeah. So I would be shocked if they don't have something happening behind the brewing. Yeah. So here's a question. If you're promoting a business, is it better to use your logo for your profile photo or go with a headshot to make your photo, make your page more personal? That's such a great question. Now, if it's your own personal brand, like my brand is Madeline Sklar, then of course it makes sense to use my headshot. My profile picture should be a headshot. You want it to be a picture where people can recognize you. If you are at a conference right now, make sure that picture works so that people would recognize you at an in-person event. Very, very important. Too many times I see people put these, these photos in that are too far away and you can't make them out. And if you're looking at this on your phone or you're scrolling down on your computer, it's a little tiny, tiny picture. You can't even make out what it is. So always have a good headshot. Now, if, if it's a company 
you know, it just depends. You can have a profile dedicated just for your business. So you would put your logo, but make sure the logo translates into the square image that well, it's actually a round image now, but, but you know, it needs to fit in there properly. When you see a logo that's like uh, very rectangular, it doesn't look very good and you can't even read it. So make sure you work on adjusting it. And you, know, you may need to bring a graphic designer in to, to fix it and make it social media friendly because for profile images, they're typically a square image. So it needs to fit well. So yeah, yeah. I, I see that a lot when I do social media audits when it, in, and brands will have a long horizontal yeah. logo that they're trying to fit in this tiny space and it ends up, you can't Doesn't see work. it. Oh, and always recommending. I mean, it's almost like if you're starting a business and you're creating your brand logo, it's something to take into consideration that the absolutely logo, something that needs to be able to be very visible in, in the feed is super important, not just with Twitter, but LinkedIn, Facebook as well. Yes. All of them. Exactly. That's a great, great advice right there. So for sure, think about social media when you're building your brand. So a couple more questions here. So this is um, basically you know, how do we see Twitter reacting and tackling the major concerns over fake news, which, you know, that is a huge issue right now, um, using social media to spread misinformation, whether it's about, you know, the election or just in general, what do you, how do you know what to believe and what do you think is, is, is being done? Yeah, Twitter is trying hard to, to really keep the fake news out, but, but on the flip side, they want people to have freedom of speech. So is this fine line? I was just reading yesterday that James Woods, the actor, had his account turned off. They disabled it on Twitter because apparently he had tweeted something back, I think it was in July, that was really being misconstrued as to something with the election and fake news. And, you know, it was a big mess. And he's saying, like they said, take this tweet down and we'll reinstate your account. And he's like, no. Um, so it's really this fine line. It's like on one hand, shouldn't he have freedom of speech? But on the other hand, you know, you're really trying to watch what content is out there and, and the fake news and all that. So, yeah, it's still a big debate going on. Yeah. So one more question, one more question from the students, and then I have a question. Okay. Uh, so what about editing tweets? So it's really not possible. You have to, if you, if a tweet goes wrong, you, you can't edit, you have delete. to delete. Yeah. yeah. There, yes. And there's, even when you delete it, if it's gone out into all the different pro, you know, there's easily, you know, screenshots can easily be taken and things Absolutely. still are out there. So from a PR perspective, you have to be really careful. And we've seen time and time again, brands getting in trouble for yep. making mistakes, um, things going out that shouldn't have, or things that were scheduled. And then all of a sudden it's inappropriate because of these social, you know, tragic things that are happening in the news. And all of a sudden you can't predict that your brand is somehow, you know, what is it's being misinterpreted. So definitely something that you have to be very aware of and, and you gotta be careful what you say. I mean, do you remember the story years back that PR girl that was flying to South Africa? Oh, yeah. 
And right before she left, she did a tweet that was very racist. And she is, I will never forget because I was watching this live. Oh, I was Twitter. So I she's have it in the class. It's something, you, yeah. It's a crazy story that, you know, she's flying. She has no idea what's happening in the world that everybody's talking about this tweet she did. And, you know, you can't take it back. It's, it's done. So the harm was done here. And, you know, she landed. And I mean, there were cameras. There were, there was, you know, um, news crews waiting for her and she had no idea what was going on and she lost her job. Uh, you know, so yeah, you gotta be really careful and don't yeah. drunk tweet either. Right. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, you don't, you don't recover from these types of things. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. She actually, you know, her career was from how she knew it was over because of yeah. that. Definitely. So just one last question, and this is from me. So, you know, I'm writing digital detox secrets and it's how to have this balanced life in this crazy digital world. What are some recommendations? How do you balance things out? Do you how do you take time off from Twitter and how do you went how do you step away? What are some tips that you can give? Well, great question. I don't really step away because people know me as a Twitter marketing expert. And when you reach a certain level with that, it's like you can't just step away because that would actually be damaging to my career. Um, but I, you know, I, I do make, make time to step away, you know, over the course of the day, I schedule lots of things. The thing is, there's this fine line with scheduling on social media, and especially with Twitter, you know, you can schedule articles that you read, you know, you come across a great article, you want to share it with your community, we well, don't want to post five of them all at once, because you're just cluttering up your feed. So that's a great reason to use a scheduling tool like Hootsuite, TweetDeck or Buffer, I prefer Buffer. And so I'll schedule things out like that. And that allows me to not have to be on Twitter every minute of the day. Uh, but then I come on there throughout the day and I spend time on there conversing with people. You don't ever want to schedule your, your communication, your engagement with people. That should always be in real time, you know, when you're on Twitter. Um, and I know one of the questions early, uh, that you had actually sent to me was about uh, how much, you know, how, how often am I, or how long am I on Twitter? Mm -hmm. And I'm on there quite a bit throughout the day, but I spread it out. But, you know, if I had to add up all the time throughout the day, it's probably one to two hours easily. Mm -hmm. And then if there's a Twitter chat, that'll be even more highly recommend Twitter chats. Cause I just want to say real quick on that. This is the best way to connect with like-minded people. So you come on a Twitter chat, it's, it's a topic that resonates with you. You're connecting with other people who feel the same way. So you're going to make great relationships. You never know. You might find someone you can start collaborating, work with. So really a great opportunity to meet other people. Yeah, totally. And Madeline, you win the award for engagement. You are seriously, I'm so impressed at how engaging and personalized you are with everything and that's thank you it, it's definitely a you know a challenge so you know use madeline as an example see how she does it and you'll you'll be very successful yeah then just come over to my feed and take a look to see what i'm doing and and you know the best way to see what people are actually conversing and saying is when you're on Twitter, whether you're on mobile or on a browser, it's always going to show tweets. Be, be sure to click on tweets and replies. Mm -hmm. 
because you want to see those replies as well. That's where you see that communication that the person is having with someone else. So what you want to see me, you know, replying to someone with a video, that's where you're going to see it is in the tweets and replies, not in just the tweets. Right. That's a great point. And I think another good point, and this goes for, you know, promotions and evergreen type of content that you know, it's, it's okay to, to schedule it more than once because chances yes. are somebody's not going to see it the first time and you might create, you know, the same content tweet, maybe three or four different ways, but it's, it's safe to do that. And, and Twitter is unique in that way where you, you actually benefit from doing, from, from, from tweeting something different ways at different times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, That is a really great strategy. You just want to be careful with not taking the exact wording, the exact tweet and tweet it right back out within the a couple of days because Twitter did come up with some new rules earlier this year where they're banning duplicate tweets, but there, there are some ways around it. So like what you were saying, you could take a tweet and then kind of reword it or change it up a bit and send it out again, maybe eight hours later or 12 hours later or, or however long later you want to do, and you can do it multiple times. But if it's an exact, like the exact wording, make sure it's like at least three days. So for instance, I have tweets that I do the exact tweet every week from my Twitter chat. I have like all these tweets that go out like, Hey, we're starting in 30 minutes, you know, little things like that. And I have not had any problems with having those be in duplicate and they're going out once a, once a week. So as long as you have three days or more, I've talked to the CEOs of a lot of these companies that, that have Twitter tools. They're like the third party Twitter tools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've talked to Agora Pulse. I've talked to uh, Manage Flitter. I've talked to... Um, let's see, Agora Pulse, Manage Flitter, uh, and Social Jukebox. And they all say the same thing, as long as you stretch out so it's not like every single day. Yeah, and I'm, if you use Buffer, Buffer will push back on it. They will yes. give you that warning. So that's good with, you know, that'll yeah. tell you, okay, we need to adjust this tweet or I'm doing it, you know, it's too too soon to be doing it. So those are great tips, Madeline. I really appreciate it. I know the students really appreciate it. And we're going to be, um, we'll see you on your um, Twitter chat, either this Thursday or awesome. next, and even more beyond this. So thank you so much. And remember to do your video reply to Madeline. That's part of the assignment this week. If for some reason you're just tuning in and you don't understand what we're talking about, rewind and watch the recording of this live lecture. So Madeline, thank you so much for joining us. Have a thank great you. day. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. It was fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.